You were born in South Africa. Yes, I was born in South Africa. Um, my family originally is of Italian descent, but I oh. am 100% South African. I I speak uh, one of the South African languages and um, two of the South African... Uh, Afrikaans, Afrikaans, yes. Yes, uh-huh. um, which is very similar to Dutch. Um, mm-hmm. So you'll see quite a few of the stories we make are also in Afrikaans. Um, so those are the only two languages that I, uh, English and Afrikaans. So you'll see the stories in, in those two languages. I have a colleague uh, who who lived in South Africa for, he was born in Portugal, but then his family moved to, to, to South Africa and uh, and it was very interesting to to observe because uh, I have another colleague who is Dutch, and how they used to communicate. And uh, apparently, Afrikaans is like old Dutch, correct? But uh, but people from the Netherlands can understand it, so yes. you can communicate. Yes, it's like speaking a bit of ancient ancient language. It was very correct. interesting to uh, to perceive it. Um. Now I know that you live off-grid, anyway, uh, what it feels like to live off-grid? Well, it feels incredible. Firstly, it's a privilege to be able to live off-grid, right? Um, to be able to live away from an urban area, it, it's a privilege. You know, not everyone can afford to own a piece of land um, away from an urban environment and to be able to work like we do. Uh, first, I just want to acknowledge my privilege to be able to do that. But um, for us, it is more of um, a, a purposeful life for us. Um, uh, you know where your water comes from. You have to collect the wood to make a fire. You see one right behind me. You uh, know where your electricity comes from. You are involved in every stage of uh, the resources that you use and also it gives you things to do so uh, in fact you have less distractions because more of your time is used doing the stuff you you need to do you know someone needs to go and get the wood to make a fire someone needs to make sure the water is flowing so you're not always just inside on your computer or scrolling through TikTok or whatever you almost doing these things that are meaningful um, uh-huh. and they're almost like little meditations every day. Um, and so for us, it's an old way of living, but a, a meaningful way of living. And uh, it's definitely a choice. We want to live like this because it makes us happy and uh, purposeful. And also it's because we have met hundreds of people in our journey over the last few years. Uh, We have seen how they live. We've asked them what is important in life. um, And it's really steered us in that direction. Wow. That's really, that's really beautiful. Thank you. Because time to time I I think about it as well, what, what it would feel like to live off grid. I had a bit of touch that when we go to my to my wife's uh, grandparents' place. They live also like in a very rural rural village. You know, they grow their own potatoes, uh, their own uh, tomatoes, cucumbers. Uh, so if you want to make a salad, you you just go <laughs> pick them up, chop them, and uh, it's it's completely different. Um, but obviously, living off grid, you have certain, uh, um, let's say, modernizations like electricity. Yes, of course. Presumably. We have, <laughs> yes, uh, we've got an internet dish on our roof that, um, you know, is able to pick up internet far away, and we have um, solar panels and uh, big lithium batteries that store our power. Um, so yes, we are modern in that sense, um, and we have a laptop, uh, but we don't have a television. <laughs> we don't have a television. We don't have an electric kettle or a toaster or uh, a lot of these modern things. We just don't have. Um, 
mostly because they take a lot of power and we don't have that much power, but also it distracts you from... We've chosen to live like this so that uh, nature is really um, our entertainment or where we find purpose, you know, just being able to notice the seasons to be to be here. Um, so we we look out the window a lot. <laughs> so, yeah, but we do have we have technology. We have um, a vehicle that we can jump in. And if we need to go to town, we can drive or, you know, so and if we really have to uh, travel overseas, then we'll go to the airport. I've just come back from Singapore. I was there for a oh, month. Wow. Um, in a very urban environment, which is very, very different from where I live. Um, and yes, we could do that. So when we need to, uh, I go off and make the films and uh, Justine does all the editing. How, how did you feel being in Singapore? Because it's such a drastic change for you coming from this area and landing in such an urbanized uh, country. Uh, I I actually really loved it. Um, I, uh, I I just love. I, I think in life, um, when you do things out of your comfort zone, when you leave your home, um, when you have these different experiences with different cultures, firstly it breaks all the stereotypes that you might have. You might say Asian people live like this or Chinese people are like that or Indian people or Malay people. And uh, you realize that all of us are the same. Uh, we are all human. We have the same, the same universal feelings of joy, hope, love, uh, all of these things. So I loved meeting the people. Um, I also gave me a glimpse into the future. Uh, Singapore is very advanced um, in terms of uh, just being quite modern, um, uh, trying to incorporate the environment into these huge urban cities that just function. So it was a, a bit of a, a kind of a glimpse into where the world is going. Um, most people aren't going to live off-grid like we do in the mountains. Most people are going to live in an urban city. And so I was able to sort of look through the door, you know, look through the keyhole and kind of see where the world is going and, and sort of what do they do for entertainment? What, what brings them joy? Uh, um, so it was fascinating. And it also challenged me as a filmmaker to tell different stories, tell stories an urban story, you know, um, I did 10, we did 10 films uh, uh -huh. in the month that I was there. So they're also quite different to some of the other stories we've done, which have been more focused in nature or people living off grid. Uh -huh. So, so I, I really, really enjoyed it. Uh, obviously you come home and you appreciate what you have, but if we are going to connect on a global level, we need to tell stories of humanity and and our big dream is that anyone can go and watch a story about someone who looks like them that lives in a place that is similar to how they live that is talking about things that they are also dealing with and so we need to tell global stories so it doesn't help you just stay in your town and only tell stories in your village you need to be able to tell global stories um and uh, I had to, I had to go to Asia and tell some Asian stories, which I really enjoyed. Well, isn't that the, the essence of, of just simply understanding that our physical appearance is just our physical appearance and who we are inside and uh, what we go through life in general are, are really universal. I think that's why certain poets, uh, writers, certain uh, artists in general, they are, they speak to all generations because they touch the notion of love, hate, uh, envy, pride, joy, 
uh, happiness, you know, all, all human traits found in all of us. Uh, Correct. To a certain extent. I also, I also had this thought about Singapore that they are, they really could be seen as an example of um, how to balance nature and urbanization because we cannot also neglect the aspect of urbanization. It's just part of us. And uh, I also agree that some people are addicted to living in an urban environment. And if you take them where you live, they would, after a few days, they would go, <laughs> they would like, would want to run away into the wilderness. Correct. By the way, I wanted to ask you, do you encounter some or do you have around some big animals? I don't know, a bear or... Uh, no, so where we are, we have, um, like this morning, uh, we have baboons. Uh, baboons are baboons. A very large <laughs> primates, and they're like in a group of 50. And therefore, wow. you know, we can't grow a lot of our own vegetables outside because um, uh, it will be eaten by the baboons. Uh, we also have leopards, which are uh, smaller than lions. They live in the mountains, but they eat, the, <laughs> they eat the farmer's sheep and they eat the local antelope that are around us. But um, we don't have elephants or, hmm. uh, or anything like that. Um, but yes, we, we are still, there is... There is still wild animals that are mm -hmm. not fenced, that are still uh, roaming and living like they always have, and and it's and it's very you know it's a privilege to still live in a place where you can see wild animals. Um, uh, the so, amount yes. of space. Exactly. When you showed me the video, it, is, is exactly. It's, exactly. It's just to wake up and, and and look at it in the morning. It's you know it's also. I grew up by the sea and uh, I think that affected me in the way that when you look at the sea, you don't have in a way a reference point, if you know what I mean, you kind of, you're, you're, and I think that also affects your mind or for example, in Malta in general, if you're in the, in the middle of it and you have to go out, just 10 meters in front of you, there is another building. You know, you look through the window, most probably there is a building in front. So I think that also kind of narrows the mind in a very, in a specific way. When you can look at the vastness, it's kind of also like broadens. And I think it's very, very important in that respect. Um, so... Before traveling to Asia, you were primarily focusing uh, on Africa. Well, yes, since the pandemic, uh, we stayed in Africa or South Africa. And uh -huh. um, South Africa is a, a very, very large country, um, very cosmopolitan in terms of just different people that live here. Um, we have many, many official languages. We have people from all over the world who live here. So it gives you the opportunity to still be able to tell stories of a global nature because there's so many different people living in this country. Uh -huh. um, but before before the pandemic, we did uh, do stories in New Zealand, Scotland, St. Helena Islands, Faroe Islands, um in in a few different places um and and going forward we want to do many more global stories um it just really depends on can we afford to travel there um and does it make sense to go and 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 you know everyone has a story and um we would love to showcase our global humanity so it's really telling stories of the world um and uh, but you you've got to you've got to start slow um and if you can travel then you travel um it's not always easy going to a different country and finding stories if you don't live there if you don't know the culture and and the people do you when you travel do you spend a little bit of time to 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 get a glimpse of 
of of of let's say that culture or the people you're going to film i mean just a little bit do you meet them before or you, you chat a little bit with them or it's just quite uh, uh quite fast because now we went to singapore did 10 videos in one month so that's quite hectic i would say and uh yeah I assume you do the editing afterwards. You you you, yes. you finish yes. filming, then you come back with the material, and then you work. And... Yes. So I I travel alone, and I will meet many many people. I normally meet ten people and make one one story. So my my job is to do the research and the filming. And as soon as I have finished a film, I send it. When I was in Singapore, the internet is very fast. So I could, in the evening, I could be uploading the films for Justine back in South Africa to download and start editing, mm -hmm. especially listening to the interviews and starting to construct a 10-minute story from a two-hour conversation. Um, so that's how we work. Um, in terms of understanding the culture and a sense of place, I'm never a tourist. I'm there to to meet people and I'm invited into their home. I spend authentic quality time with them because they are real people and they talk about life. So I really have a, um, a kind of a, a view of someone's real life and I'm able to do that 10 times in a country. So I really go away from that country really knowing what local people do you know uh, uh what do they do with their family where do they go to find uh you know joy they might go to the beach they go to the forest they might go into the shopping center so i'm doing things with the people and so i really do come away with a different view of a country because i've i've been immersed i've really been immersed with them and i've also asked you know, real hard questions. I'm, I'm not just there to see the pretty side of a place. I'm really there to um, find out what brings a person meaning or what's important in life. How do you, how do you find those people? Um, or they come to you? <laughs> uh, it, it's, it's very difficult. Um, I just go on my gut feeling. Um, I think for it to work, um, we need to be able to connect on a level. And so sometimes you might see a little video of them before or an article or something that gives you an idea that that person can talk from, uh, from an authentic place. Um, we, we also not trying to showcase famous people. Uh, it really is your next door neighbor. It could be the postman, the fisherman, the, the man who makes you coffee or the woman. Um, and so research is the most difficult part. Um, but as soon as you, you meet one person, they will really understand what you are doing and they will say go and meet my sister or go and meet the baker or go and and so it's you know it's like a spider oh. web that opens up um and everyone is connected so really the the bigger thing is getting there and meeting the first one or two people and um i will film with someone in the morning and then i'll leave them and then in the afternoon i'll be meeting 10 other people um, and then I'll film with one of those the next day. So I'll be doing three or four films at the same time. Um, oh, wow. So that it's not intense with one person. Uh, I will see them in the morning and then I'll leave them for the rest of the day. I'll go and film with someone else or I'll go and meet someone else. So I'm doing, you know, three or four films at the same time and then researching. Um, and so that that's how it works, you know. Very interesting. I guess it's also because you touch some um, difficult questions, as you said, themes, yeah. you know, it's not only like, so you give a person a break in a way just to, just to reflect on it, just to think about it. Um, now those themes, how they come to your mind and how do you kind of 
choose which one to apply to to a person and you think that might work because some might um i think to for a person to open up there there is a matter of of trust in another person and uh, some let's say wounds or experiences are 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 painful to talk about also it is healing at the same time but anyway you're quite kind of in a way outsider you know which they're talking up quite about deep deep things and i think it's also very amazing which portrays that you're a trustful person which people tend to open up with but how do you select the themes let's say or or apply to a person so we never know what the theme is going to be okay no idea none uh when we decide to have a conversation with someone when i decide to sit down and and ask someone questions firstly i don't have a list of questions um and i hope to know as little about their particular story as possible because i want them to tell me things for the first time i -hmm. don't want them to um repeat something that we've already spoken about i think it helps as you said that i'm a stranger uh that i am there to listen uh most importantly and so it's almost like going to confession if you were catholic and you walked into the cubicle you can't see the priest, but you're just telling him or her, uh, you know, what you need to tell them. Or it's like going to see, you know, um, a psychiatrist or a psychologist and you're just able to talk. It's good that I'm there to listen and it's good that I'm a stranger and they probably will never see me again. It's also good that they can trust me because they can see a body of work of 250 stories so they know um, what it is that we do and also they have the assurance that they will be the first people to ever see the story we make and if they like it it gets shared with the world and if they don't it never goes anywhere else so firstly there's a safety net um, that they know that they can trust us and they can see it first. Um, also, if they don't want their name to be put there or if they don't want people to know where they live, they can stay anonymous. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the way that we ask the questions is I'm just inquisitive about life. And like you spoke about those poets who are looking for these universal themes, I'm looking for those moments where people struggle in life like what were the hardest, most challenging moments um, that caused them pain or or just challenges? Why? How did it make them feel? And then also I'm interested in the most joyful moments, um, love, joy, meaning, purpose. And so I will ask questions around those two themes. And when someone gets really excited about connection with something then we go down that rabbit hole and 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 i have a long conversation and i give that entire conversation to justine and she chooses the 10 minutes um Mm -hmm. that becomes the story so uh we never know what that is going to be but you will know when you speak to someone or you listen the moment they get really really emotional um, about a topic or that is what the story becomes so then you you even you don't know the the final outcome when you give the material you're just you don't know what no uh, it's like um i i read one poet used to do it he used to before publishing a book he would give like i don't know 100 poems to his editor and then said listen um choose you know, arrange it as you feel like. And then it's so fascinating, you know, because you, you, you do the work and then you, you yourself don't know the outcome. 
I want to also ask uh, where the decision of not to incorporate questions in the video come from because it's very interesting to watch your videos but there are no kind of question asked at least the videos I have seen and for me it's a very beautiful feature as well because the kind of the the narration is with the with the person you're filming yes so um we made a conscious decision five years ago not to do any paid work and so what we mean by that is no work that is aligned to any brand corporate agenda anything like that we also don't cover any topics that would um cause division so we don't discuss politics um we will touch on spirituality but we won't um say my religion is better than your religion uh we won't go down those rabbit holes and we won't really talk about you know like for example the vaccine because it divides people so we uh -huh. we really are interested in what makes us human what connects us all um and these themes that you spoke about that the poets aim for is really what we we after and we're trying to we're trying to find connection um and celebrate what it means to be human and so that we feel more connected than more apart and i think the whole world is trying to show how different we are and pull us apart and we are trying to find the things that 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 make us very similar um and so we can share our universal connection um and that's what interests us and that's why we do what we do that's very beautiful and it's uh, i wish you continue doing that i think it's uh you always kind of feel like the bad prevails the good even if you read the newspapers if you look at the headlines which is also very interesting you know you can really sense that there is of course there is a lot of uh let's say psychology behind it that bad news uh, draw more clicks and uh, you know all that stuff behind it um i want to ask you do you think there is hope for humanity in the context of the worldwide crisis because we speak about this division and everything and uh what in that sense keep you optimistic that there is hope where this hope can be found in your opinion yeah it's it's a interesting question um i just watched a great podcast um with stephen jenkins and he was talking about you know he he's he's written lots of beautiful books um and he talks about hope we mustn't um in his view you know hope is quite a dangerous word in terms that um we mustn't falsely project hope you know we mustn't say that everything is going to be okay if it's not you uh -huh. know people are are need to know if if the planet is in trouble like it uh -huh. is if climate change is a reality like it is we need to be honest and we mustn't uh -huh. pretend that just because you recycle things are going to be okay because they absolutely are not going to be okay um and and there is a a deep crisis um but i in myself am hopeful in that i find meaning and purpose in what i do and when we read the comments of people that watch our films it validates the reason why we do what we do and and we've always said if 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 each of our films just touch one person and someone uh finds meaning in what we do then it's worthwhile right and so selfishly we do what we do for ourselves because it uh, brings purpose and meaning to our life uh, and we feel like we are being of service um but i see the ability for people to connect uh i am incredibly hopeful 
in humanity in the way that people reach out to each other. Um, people write the most beautiful things to each other. People support each other. So I know that I'm living in a little silo in my little bubble, but in my little bubble, things are incredible and humanity is amazing. Um, and and uh, we choose to celebrate that. But I'm, I am not naive to think if I get out of my bubble that there is a lot of other things that are happening. And when I look at nature and I look at how we treat her, uh, you know, sometimes I can, I can be not hopeful uh, for the world, but I am hopeful for the ability for humans to understand each other, connect and support each other. How do you recharge? Because what you do requires a lot of energy. Do you have a certain uh, practices or hobbies or activities that uh, you allow yourself uh, in order to, to, to refresh? Yes, um, definitely. I, that's why we live where we live. Um, when, when I am in nature, when I'm away from all my digital devices, uh, because I can get depressed, I can, um, really go down a spiral. Uh, and so for me, my happiest moment will be in a river or hiking up a mountain or just sitting in a stream. Um, we have these gorges, these deep valleys, these ravines that go into the mountain with wow. beautiful waterfalls and, and pools. And there is no cell phone connection there. And just to spend a day walking up there, um, you feel like a little child, right? You feel like you were when you were playing on the beach and building sandcastles when the world made sense. Um where you are in the moment, in the presence, in the now, and everything is beautiful. And you just look around in nature and you, and it feeds your soul. So those are the moments. I think obviously exercise, good food, uh, company, the right people around you. But if you have none of those things, then just being alone in nature uh, recharges uh, my soul. Uh, and gives me purpose. Was it was it for you difficult actually to go to live off grid? I assume you lived before in a city or or a more urbanized area. Was it you had a transition uh, period, or it just was like one click and you're good? To no, go? no. I think um, we've always made decisions that uh, be it in what we do, uh, where the entire world, including our parents and everyone else said, you're absolutely mad to leave <laughs> uh, paying jobs um, to create content about what it means to be human and that there'll be enough people around the world to support you to make this dream happen. You know, people said, you're absolutely mad. You're crazy. Don't do it. Um, and that's the same in terms of our other life choices. You know, we, we chose to live away from the world, to leave the city, to leave our friends, to leave our family and to move away from that. Uh, we chose to have a more difficult life in terms of living off grid. We chose not to have children, for example. Um, there's lots of decisions we have made which are very, very different to, I would say, our society and, and, and the norms. Um, mm -hmm. but, uh, we're okay with it. And, um, um, and, and, uh, wouldn't have it any other way. Well, as long as you have peace with yourself, that's the most important aspect. I had, a uh, conversation with, with, a, with a woman, she was from, she's from Peru. She lives in Malta. And it was also, we were talking about her mother because her mother back in the 70s discovered this um, Hare Krishna movement. I don't know if you heard about it in Peru and just fell in love with it. You know, she found her path, but it happened the same with her family. They thought she is, uh, they thought she is crazy. 
and they wanted to put her into psychiatry because I think it's uh, it's amazing thing what you did that you made the choice because it, it as well going to through through leaving a job let's say a, jo- a paid job or a stable paid job or at the end uh, of it of each month you receive a paycheck it's it is scary it is so well, thumbs up for you for having this bravery for uh, making these choices and i i think even though you moved off grid true friends uh the connection will always remain you know we're just speaking about distance we're not speaking that you flew to jupiter or which would be a bit difficult <laughs> to, to to connect with and it's also in my opinion of that inclusiveness we talked about a bit earlier you know we should accept everyone as they are and and the choices people make is their choices i mean we are i don't know if you have noticed but we're quite we are judgmental and in a very fast way we judge like that you know you see a person dressed in certain way a person talking a certain way and we already assume we know that person when i'm pretty sure you had in your videos when you start talking and you think okay maybe i have an idea of that person and then at the end of your recording you think wow i didn't didn't expect that coming exactly so it's it, it's i'm i'm very happy for you and i'm 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 Thank always you. always um pleasured and honored to meet certain people because they also inspire and they inspire to do things they because it is possible it's challenging but it is possible definitely and that that is that is very beautiful um i want to ask you about your first video do you remember when you did first video let's say for the green renaissance and how did it feel doing it the first sure. time sure so um before we went down this road of only telling stories about people i i used to run a production company and i had you know 12 employees and we used to do a lot of other work reality tv series more kind of blue chip nature stories etc etc um but always had this dream of telling you know people's stories um mm-hmm. and and so the first one in this particular series was just a man who lived in a caravan his name was tony he lived uh, i knew him he was this weird weird man with a big beard he looked a bit like father christmas with his dog <laughs> and he lived in a caravan close to the ocean and i was just like why would this man make the decision to live like this so the first story was literally just a 2 minute clip of a simple conversation with this old man and and he just talked about less is more he unfortunately no longer is alive he's passed away but um just hanging out with him and uh just chatting to him he had this great sense of humor he was so happy with his choices and he had nothing you know he literally lived in a caravan that someone gave him he had a dog and he had very little else but he was he was sparkling you know his eyes were still twinkling uh he had this great sense of humor um and I literally we, we just spent an hour with him uh and and that was the first story and what i did in the beginning was whenever we had a gap maybe it was an afternoon or maybe a client paid us to be in a different country then i'd say in our time off is there someone that we want to tell a story with mm. and it started like that and it was only after a few months that we went oh wow this is this has potential and this is really what we want to do let's start spending more and more time doing that and that became now all that we do for the last 3 years or 4 years that's the only thing we've done but i remember tony clearly uh, as i do with all of the stories um and you know uh, people do do pass on and a lot of the stories we've made at least 20 or 30 of them are, are no longer alive but it's 
so wonderful going back and listening to them, remembering them, um, and and yeah, it's it's very keeping, special. Keeping yeah. them alive. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, telling their story, although they're not anymore around. Exactly. It's really interesting how we perceive having nothing. You know, when you spoke about Tony. Yeah. Uh, perhaps he had a lot and we have nothing. Exactly. If you understand what I mean, if you measure everything by the material aspects you have around it, you might, I might consider you as having very little. Exactly. In the way you live and you, another person might consider myself having a lot in the material world, but it doesn't mean that it is true. It's, I, I completely agree with you. You know, one of the stories that lately I did a story with a man called Shalev, this beautiful African man who lives in this tiny hut that he's built <laughs> with his wife and his two young kids. And he literally just collected some rocks and some mud and he built himself a little house. Um, and he was, I would say he's like one of the most enlightened gurus I've ever met in my entire life. Um, and he just talks profoundly about love and about what it means to be human and how much he has to give. And he is just like enlightenment. Um, but if you drove past his little house on the side of the road, you would have these assumptions about him. But he literally is like just the wisest human I've met in years. And here he is with absolutely nothing, like nothing, nothing, grows a bit of food and lives in, you know, this tiny, tiny house with his family. But he is so enlightened. It's just incredible. So, yes, in terms of breaking stereotypes and assumptions and what does it mean to be uh, wealthy uh, is, 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 yeah, profoundly changed the way I see things. You usually would run away from such people if you would see, because you would assume they are uh, a criminal or, you know, they might, I don't know, do some harmful things to you because also of the perceptions we have. So also wanted to ask you through whole your journey, what have you learned about yourself through filming these people or how perhaps these people open certain about you that you didn't notice before? Um, I think the biggest, one of the, one of the questions I ask, uh, during the conversation is, uh, you know, why are you here? What is the purpose of life? Um, how do you find enlightenment? I think it's the universal. Wow thing that we all strive for search for and and the the common thread that has come through over hundreds of of, of conversations has to, has been to be of service and it doesn't matter what that service is uh it doesn't mean it needs to involve money if your talent is to have conversations with people, have conversations with people. If if it is to grow food and share that food, grow food and share that food. If you are a yoga instructor, uh, I have a friend who goes into the prisons and he just spends an hour with prison inmates sitting silently doing some yoga. That's his being of service. Wow. And And I think to find meaning in life, is to do something that is not just for yourself. And and we are blessed to have this ability to tell stories. And what is confirmed in me over these hundreds of stories is that I am being of service in doing what I'm doing. And it brings me huge meaning. It's not yeah. about how many followers I have. It's not about how many people watch my films. It's not about any of that. It's, it's being of service listening, uh, poetically trying to capture a moment and sharing that. And, and each person I, I meet, um, kind of confirms that and thanks us for doing what we do. And, and it gives me meaning. And it's the same as being able to showcase the little things that each of these people are doing. 
you know, uh, and and it's just incredible how many people are doing, are, are being of service and and not expecting any praise or are not are not you know like famous. They just they're just doing these beautiful little things, you know, something beautiful for the world, something small. And just doing it over and over again, and 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 for me, that's that's really what's important. So, to answer your question, it, it is the confirmation that I'm on the right journey, that what I do is meaningful, that I am being of service, um, and I will keep doing it uh, while I find meaning and purpose in what I do. And maybe there will become a time when do something else but for now this really if i won the lottery if we won a, a billion euros tomorrow we would be doing exactly the same thing this has got nothing this is this is our purpose um and i i'm just blessed to know that this is our purpose um and many people don't know what their purpose is and for us this is it for the moment and we really really uh, appreciate knowing that it is important. It is important. And also important to acknowledge that if you find, if you enjoy planting and growing food, yeah. it's, it's equally, equally good to, I don't know, writing poetry. I mean, that, exactly. well, I think we also have this type of uh, hierarchy, you know, like which, for example, I don't know, like, filmmaking is better than uh i don't know running a jewelry store you know it, this kind of this type of notions where they are a bit well when everything is if you find as you said meaning in it and that serves people everything is equally beautiful exactly so it's exactly it's not about your audience or how many people watch it or numbers i think that's where people start equating success with either how much money you have or how many millions of people watch whatever it is you do but it is it is those little things the authentic moments the conversation with the elderly person growing some food and gifting it looking after animals, whatever it is, it's equally as important. It really is. Now you are in a transition from green renaissance to yeah. our human stories. Correct. So green renaissance, how did it come to life? Well, and when did that transition start to happen? Well, initially we were our, our name used to be African Renaissance and because we were based in Africa Renaissance really talks about rebirth uh, enlightenment you know we were telling stories based in Africa um, people's stories and then we focused uh, about 10 years ago only to tell environmental stories and therefore it became green because we were only doing stories about our natural world, uh, corporates or NGOs who were focused on the earth. Um, green is the color of the heart. So we did keep the name when we started telling people stories. It was kind of like love, heart and, uh, you know, this rebirth. But Renaissance is a very difficult word to spell. Uh, it's confusing. Um and so, especially now that I was in Singapore, uh, I was really thinking about things. And, you know, in the beginning, we weren't interested in, you know, names like what what is our brand or how many people are watching us. Or we just wanted to create a body of work. We wanted to create hundreds of films so that people would stumble across the story some way. And it wasn't because of a f interesting brand name. But now that we've got to a point where we feel like our name is a bit confusing, yes, we have now an audience of people who watch us. We need to really communicate what it is that we do. And um, 
uh, our tagline is going to become celebrating the infinite beauty of being human because it's infinitely beautiful being human but it is all about our human stories it's um we all have them and i also feel with this um with this ai coming on board um and sort of this period of uncertainty people are a little bit scared i think if we had to distill it down to what makes us human it is our human stories it's our human connection and we want to be able to tell those stories and we hope many other people do as well this is not ours we're not owning the brand but we feel it makes a lot of sense so if people start searching for you know humanity humanness human stories hopefully they'll stumble across uh, mm -hmm. the work we are doing and that they will find meaning in it and and that's why we we are pivoting in the next couple of weeks to 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 be known as that and not green renaissance which is quite confusing and and needs an explanation right you won't need to explain a title our human stories because you'll watch a film and it makes complete sense straightforward straightforward yeah. what do yeah. you think about ai well uh i'm excited but i'm also not excited um i've been spending a lot of time uh listening to podcasts um listening to various experts uh what i know is that the life we know it is over uh, the old way and that we are living through a period a very exciting period but a very uncertain period you know we have the ability in our lifetime like like generations before when steam engines came into play or like the invention of the internet or all of those things we are at this tipping point and so uh, we can't stop what is happening but at the moment personally for myself i'm excited that it confirms that the the journey that i'm on for me is the right one i know that that the stories that we are telling are the stories we want to tell and that they might help um in this time where people are trying to work out what it means to be a human and what what is our past and what is important so for us it's 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 really confirming that we're on the right path but i i do think that there are a lot of positives that we might be able to work smarter that there might be more time for people to do what they really want to do and mm -hmm. find meaning and that we could work quicker and better and we might not be able to spend eight hours doing something we might spend two or three hours um and hopefully ai will be more intelligent than us in many regards um you know the way we treat the planet is not great and mm -hmm. and i really think that hopefully they will be so intelligent as a being that they will say well actually the, the greatest intelligence is the intelligence of life and and that we need abundance as opposed to scarcity that it doesn't make sense to kill one thing uh, mm -hmm. and to extract and hopefully their intelligence will 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 make us treat the earth better um so I, i am hopeful in some ways but i'm not naive in other ways um yeah it's a it's a very exciting time to be alive and i'm trying not to be anxious i'm uh -huh. trying to um to focus on what brings me meaning without being too scared about what it means for the people i love around me what it means for those who might lose their jobs uh mm -hmm. all of those things so it's it's a very interesting time to be alive and and i think it helps to have these conversations you know i think it helps to really it's almost like when we went through covid right uh, it was like in a way it paused the whole world and it gave us opportunity to think about what it is we really wanted to do and my advice now is that we have this tiny moment in life where we don't quite know what's happening so if there are those things you really really wanted to do now's the time to take some time out now's the time to spend 
time with the person you love or to travel or to do those things you because you just don't know what is coming down the line you know um so it's this kind of inflection point um that is exciting but very very scary at the same time well i see ai as a tool as a, as you said as a good tool which we can rely on to help us solve certain issues and problems obviously i think it would not be a good master in my opinion um but yeah in general uh we are at a changing point in general i think it is also important to tell people more about this ai as it should have been done about social media because it was just released into the world and uh, you know of something which had to be beautiful and uh, all beneficial turn out to have also a negative side on certain age groups and in general you know the, the addiction to to the smartphones so i think it is important to the educational part to follow it I, I i agree with you it's 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 never good or bad there's a lot of grayish color usually between the lines where uh, you have to kind of understand what is also good for you you know one thing which i do not agree when things are imposed i do not agree when for example if i am a vegan or a meat eater or a vegetarian that is my personal choice i do not agree when when people impose things you know because all of us should have an opportunity to choose so if you chose to live off grid that is your choice and if i choose to live in an urban environment that's my choice and in an ideal world we should respect these choices sure respect each other and and uh, and also be open openly talk about difficult things you know not to be afraid of these um clashes of opinions in certain aspects because then you can come up with something really like on certain ground on which we could both live because like the earth is one so we have to share it with the rest of eight or nine billion people i don't know how much yeah we still have yeah i agree the, with you i think i think the opportunity here is that what i find is that most of the people who uh do not like social media or who do not are not in favor of the ai they most of them have already left this di the digital platform so their voice is not heard um and what we need to be doing right now is that the ai uh needs to see the best of humanity as well not only uh all the negative comments um a lot of only the sort of shallowness of humankind and and for it to train itself in terms of saying why people are so beautiful um is to be able to see uh the incredible things we say to each other how we reach out how we connect how you know cuz that is so important and and what i find is most of the people i know just don't interact right they just say i'm not interested <laughs> in in that and and i don't want to be part of it but i do think especially now it's very important to show the other side so that whatever tools are being developed it understands how how beautiful we can be and how kind we can be and how empathetic we can be so it's it's a bit of both you know not just to say oh, i don't want to be involved in this it's going to be evil or whatever it is yeah you cannot escape it you know exactly. you, you simply cannot escape it you have to you can choose the level of which you're going to use it as as you guys are doing you chose a certain level you you have a laptop uh, but you don't have a tv yeah. you have certain technologies which which help you also to communicate with the world and stay in touch 
with what is happening in the world. So I think it's a matter of finding the right balance for you, not what the environment is telling you, not other what other people are telling you. You can listen to them and sort out which which makes sense for you. But at the end of the day, you have to make that decision. Correct. Um, the last, the last question. Uh, the best of advice you have received. Wow. Um, well, I think that ties into what I said earlier, really, is, is, is to be of service, I think, you know, um, it really isn't about material possessions or all all these other things. I think if you if you if you distill it down to why are you here and what brings you purpose and meaning in life is to be of service. You know that is how you are going to find um, your joy, your meaning, your purpose. And so, doesn't matter what that is is um is to be of service um i think makes the most sense and because it's so wide it can really be anything um but instead of focusing on me 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 all the time and this egocentric self is just to help others or to help nature or to help animals or just do something of service i think if all of us did that, and a lot of us do do that, the world would be an incredibly beautiful place. Thank you very much, Mike. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for your time. I appreciate you reaching out.